I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. A warning. This series contains discussion of themes that might be distressing for some listeners. What is your relationship with Peter Ellis? Well, I've met him a few times. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've quite deliberately kept detached. Has he read the book? No. Peter Ellis, The Crash Case, and me is a newsroom.co.nz production. We take you right inside one of New Zealand's most controversial cases when a kind of madness gripped Christchurch, resulting in a miscarriage of justice that would take 30 years to put right. It was a saga that divided a city, destroyed families and shocked the nation. Mrs Ellis, are you convinced that your son is innocent? Completely convinced my son is innocent. I don't know how I ended up with 30 child abuse charges. I think he's a very clever offender. If I asked you to take a lie detector test, would you take it? I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Some of the words that are said in that courtroom, I just literally feel ill. The police are an embarrassment. The hysteria just blew up. Charges against the accused have been established beyond reasonable doubt. Kia ora, I'm Melanie Reid, Newsroom's Investigations Editor. Welcome to the seventh episode in our eight-part podcast, The Author versus Everyone. A new book, A City Possessed by Lindy Hood, took a forensic look at the crash case and attacked the establishment head-on. I interviewed Lindy in 2001, just before the book hit the shelves. The point of the book isn't to prove... Peter Ellis's innocence, although that's the inevitable conclusion you have to reach. It's to show people what happened and how it happened and why it happened. Author Lindy Hood's meticulously researched book on the Ellis case was about to hit the shelves. 
The world had just been shaken by the Twin Towers terrorist attack. It was 21 years ago, September 2001, when I filmed the story. Upstairs in the attic of her Dunedin home, author Lindley Hood has spent seven years writing a book which promises to shake up the New Zealand establishment. In her latest work, the cast includes Peter Hugh McGregor-Ellis, a man who became known as the most notorious child sex abuser in New Zealand. The police who investigated him. The judges who tried him. And according to Lindley Hood, the city possessed with child sexual abuse. Once I really got into this case and I kept looking to find out what the allegations were based on, and the harder I looked, the more it was like turning over stones and finding there was just moisture that evaporated, you know, when you when they got in the sun. There was just nothing there. But there was huge amounts of evidence of prejudice and delusion. I mean, that just piled up everywhere. Um so I found myself in the very uncomfortable position of going, you're wrong, wrong, wrong. In A City Possessed, Lindley Hood takes on some of the most powerful establishments and influential people in this country. After about 200 pages, I lost count of how many professionals whose reputation you'd smeared. Well, what I was trying to do was to explain how the crash case happened and why it happened and what happened. And to do that, I had to show who did what when and how it all fitted together. And that involved naming names. Do you think careers will be destroyed by your book? Well, bureaucrats could be remarkably resilient. Also included in the book the role the police played. Hood looks at the conduct of the investigators and the mentality of the police force of that time. I mean, a few years earlier, homosexuality was a crime as well as a sin. Are you suggesting that the police were homophobic? It's... I think that word's probably bandied around too easily, but the police would find it easier to believe that a homosexual man was up to no good with small children than they would a heterosexual man. And then I said no and I... Hood goes on to analyse how the children came to give evidential interviews in the first place, the techniques used to interview the children and the escalation of the child abuse industry. Huge resources of the state that went into it. I mean, it was a real growth industry there. It all added to a juggernaut, says Hood, that steamrolled Peter Ellis. He probably couldn't have got a fair trial anywhere in the country at that time. Because? Because he was had been pilloried through the media as the most heinous child offender in New Zealand history. And nowhere more so than in Christchurch. Hood is critical of the now-deceased Justice Williamson, the presiding judge in the Alice High Court trial. There's no question he was a, a much-respected, very fine judge, but along with a lot of other people, um, 
this one, yeah, I don't think he got right. Do you think he was not objective? Yeah, I'm sure he thought he was doing, he genuinely believed he was doing good and being fair. Um, but by my analysis, he wasn't. As covered in our previous episode, the Alice case was referred to the Court of Appeal, not once, but twice. It was during Lindley Hood's research on the second hearing, she says she made perhaps her most explosive finding. Basically, what the Court of Appeal has done is to make sure they never have to go back and look at a case and say, have we made a mistake here? They just, they've Parliament has repeatedly passed laws saying we want miscarriages of justice dealt with better. We want the Court of Appeal to go back and correct their own mistakes. And as soon as Parliament passes a law saying that, the Court of Appeal immediately passes a judgment of its own saying we are not going to go back and look at our mistakes. We're only going to look at new evidence. You can show us new evidence and we might change previous verdict. So when it came to Peter Alice's second Court of Appeal hearing? There wasn't anything new to say about the crash case. All you could say is, look at this evidence. For these reasons it's unbelievable. Look at Alice's trial. For all these reasons it wasn't fair. Now you've got to agree that he's been wrongly convicted. And they just said, we don't want to know that. We just want to know have you found a smoking gun? Have you found something that we can, without losing face, I suppose, um, overturn the verdict? So this goes much wider than Alice and much wider than sexual abuse cases. It, it goes to the entire criminal justice system. In 2000, the Justice Minister at the time, Phil Goff, ordered a ministerial inquiry. Retired Chief Justice Sir Thomas Eichelbaum was given the job. He would spend 400 hours investigating the case. And in 2001, Goff delivered Alice and his team more bad news. The case advanced by Mr Alice fails to meet the test identified earlier it fails by a distinct margin. I have not found this anything like a borderline judgment. Lindley Hood was amazed. She said the ministerial inquiry considered a small part of the case only. That Justice Eichelbaum had not done reality checks on the children's evidence. And he had not even taken into account the evidence of a complainant child who retracted her allegations against Alice. I thought it was a disaster. Um, I, I mean, it, it was really the last chance for the system to say, to recognise the problem and try and put it right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure in upholding the verdict that everyone involved in doing that thought they were uh, upholding the integrity of the justice system, but... It just makes it look ridiculous. Two years later, I filmed interviews with Peter again. 
He had been out of jail for three years by now and had made a new life for himself north of Christchurch in a small beachside community where his mum lived. How long is it now that I've been interviewing you? I think it's probably 12 years coming. Yeah, it'll be either coming up 12 years or even be coming up 13. And essentially you're saying the same thing now that you were saying all those years ago. I'm not essentially, I'm saying the same thing I said in 1991 and the same thing I said in 1993 in court. It doesn't change. And it is? That I have not abused children in my care. That I never abused any children at the Civic Crash and neither did my fellow crash. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is from the same 2003 current affairs story. I will not read that woman's book. I will not even take a look. I will not read it, not a bit in case I have to act on it. Lindley Hood. The heat is on to have the Christchurch Civic crash case reopened yet again. This time a leading figure is Dunedin author Lindley Hood. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Up and down the country, halls are being filled, tables are being thumped. Prominent Christchurch QC, Nigel Hampton. Mr. Goff still hides behind his mantra. Show me the new evidence. I must admit, I mean, I like working in this club. By now, 2003, Peter Ellis had been out of prison for over three years. But the disquiet around his conviction had never gone away. In fact, it continued to build. There's the petition, received by National MP Dr Don Brash, asking the Minister of Justice to set up a Royal Commission of Inquiry. Now he has the opportunity to do as Jim McClay and Rob Muldoon did in the Arthur Allen Thomas case almost 25 years ago. Up north in Auckland, publishing tycoon Barry Coleman is now involved. It sprung out of a concern for fair play, really. A man with deep pockets, Barry Coleman paid a Sunday paper to publish the children's transcripts, some of which the jury never heard. The idea was really to show the public the truth about the testimony so they could read for themselves exactly what the children had said and the sort of pressure those young toddlers were under when they were questioned by these so-called neutral experts. I think it became very evident to anyone who read it just how biased the evidence ended up being against um, Alice. Ladies and gentlemen, Lindley Hodge. And the speaking engagements continue, 
Or, as author Lindley Hood would put it, the truth is on the march. There's police misconduct, prosecution misconduct. This time she's talking to the Auckland Criminal Bar Association at the posh Northern Club. No matter how many times the authorities try to bury these problems until they are addressed in a manner acceptable to most New Zealanders, they won't go away. That pressure was mounting on Phil Goff. As opposition Minister of Justice in 1997, he had led the attack in Parliament over the government's handling of the case. Yeah, that's true. In 2003, I went back to him and asked why, now that he was the Minister of Justice, would he not order a wide-ranging inquiry when he had the power and position to do so. I have never suggested that a Royal Commission of Inquiry should be held to find the question of guilt or innocence. Never has been in this country, never should be. My responsibility is to ensure that the justice system works fairly, that it operates as it ought, and that is not subject to outside uh, opinion. We do not have we do not have justice in this country determined by public opinion polls. But Mr Goff, the reason that there is a public outcry up and down this country is that this whole case has not been looked at. The High Court, two Court of Appeals, Eichelbaum's report, they all looked at this and that they didn't look at this. They have been confined, restricted all the way along. They've been constricted to the question of Peter Ellis's guilt or innocence. Why do you think then that 11 QCs, that 11 law professors and a raft of psychology professors have put their name to the petition for a Royal Commission? Well, I think they're genuinely concerned about whether justice was done in this case. But of course the decision about whether somebody was properly convicted is made first by a jury, led by a trial judge, secondly by the Court of Appeal. The idea of a commission of inquiry is not new. At the second Court of Appeal hearing in 1999, a full bench of judges said some aspects of the crash case would be better examined by a commission of inquiry. The Court of Appeal was absolutely unequivocal in the finding that there had been no miscarriage of justice. You, you must accept that. They said that there were other aspects in terms of uh, the collation of evidence from children that might benefit from a commission of inquiry, something that was outside their ambit. Never once did the Court of Appeal suggest that without that material, the question of the safety of the convictions was in doubt. Four times they said there are issues here that would be better served at a commission of inquiry. And, and of course, there was an inquiry. Sir Thomas Eichelbaum carried exactly the inquiry that the Court of Appeal suggested might be done. They suggested a commission of inquiry, isn't there a difference? Uh, there is a difference, but there is nothing that Sir Thomas Eichelbaum wasn't able to do that the commission of inquiry could. But the fact is, the inquiry done by former Chief Justice Sir Thomas Eichelbaum didn't look at the big picture, so to speak which is why the petition asks for a wide-ranging royal commission. As it stands now, Sir Thomas Eichelbaum's ministerial inquiry, presented two and a half years ago, remains the last legal finding in the Alice case. He said that this 
case of any potential miscarriage failed by a distinct margin, he had not found it anywhere near a borderline judgment. Mr Goff, he didn't even speak to the family or the child who retracted. The child who was the oldest witness. She was the most credible witness. She said it didn't well, happen. Well, let's, let's create some balance to what you've just said. In fact, the Court of Appeal looked at the evidence uh, put forward and then retracted by the child witness. They established a senior barrister to interview that child and to advise the court on the safety of the retraction. That senior barrister was Nicholas Till. After interviewing the girl, he concluded she retracted to make herself feel better. He told the court that, effectively, she was in denial. Nevertheless, the convictions against Alice relating to her testimony were quashed. So here's a girl, the oldest and most compelling witness against Alice, who says she made it all up. Now, wouldn't you think that she or her parents would be the first people you'd go to for any subsequent inquiry. The statement is from her father. Our daughter is now 20. She is adamant that she was not abused by Peter Alice. Since retracting at the age of 11, she's been consistent in this. She says she made it all up, because at the time she felt under pressure from interviewers and from the whole situation. As parents, we too felt under pressure, especially when the Crown Prosecutor personally came to our house to convince us to be part of the prosecution. The conduct of the police officer in charge, Detective Colin Ede, also worried us. It is very surprising to us that we were not interviewed for the ministerial inquiry. In fact, in the nine years since our daughter's retraction, no one from the Justice Department has ever talked to us about the case. Do you think Eichel Baum should have gone to the non-complainant children or the child that retracted? He went to all the others. What Eichel Baum did, I think, was appropriate. He went to those on whose evidence Peter Ellis had been convicted. And don't worry about the people that say it didn't happen. We're not going to look at that. Oh, look, but that's some the people, issue some here, people, isn't it? That course, is the issue. Of course. That you will only some look people at this, say it happened. Some people say that it didn't happen. Hopes are—it's it's, it's a dangerous thing, you know, to, it, to, to get your hopes up when you know it, it, it's the, the people that have the power can sort it out so easily. Choose not to, and that's—that's that's what I believe. So they're just choosing not to. Why? Um, because there, there was the police involved, the education department involved, SIPs involved. There are too many. Um, components of government involved in, 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 um, or uh, executives of the New Zealand government. You're suggesting that they have an investment in, in you being guilty? It's, it's easier to, 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 to leave it status quo. So if you had an opportunity to talk to Mr Goff, what would you say to him? Mr Goff came down here and spoke to crash parents. He said he didn't accord that same privilege to my mother and myself. He doesn't know me and I believe he actually ought to have be coming and talking to my mother and myself because he might have a different viewpoint about me. He doesn't know me. He's only read about me and he's only been told about me by people in the Ministry of Justice. Are you worn out by it? I sometimes think that it's a bit like being a, 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 a gerbil on a wheel and if I hop off, 
what will happen. Ever woken up and thought, look, I'd quite like not to be Peter Ellis today? No, I'm sorry. No, I'm always quite happy being Peter Ellis. I've got no qualms about that. Coming up in the final episode of the series, the girl who retracted speaks out for the first time and bitter, sweet justice at last. To watch the video series of Peter Ellis, The Crash Case and me, and for more award-winning journalism that matters, head to newsroom.co.nz. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe. Please rate and review our series. It helps new listeners find us. Check out our social media pages to get in touch and see photos and video clips. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok by searching The Peter Ellis Case. This series is written, produced and presented by me, Melanie Reid, edited by Paul Entercott and Lewis Tennant. Original music by Age Pryor, sound mix by Richard Wills, written and produced by Bonnie Sumner, and our podcast producer is Lewis Tennant. This is a Newsroom Investigates production, made in partnership with News Hub. Peter Ellis, The Crash Case and Me is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.